listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. So happy you're here. Uh, I do hope you had a, a Merry Christmas and, um, and that you have a nice, safe, and, uh, and happy uh, New Year's as we bring that in this year. Um, uh, Kevin, when he was, uh, when he asked if I could, um, could fill in this morning, he, he says, like he usually does, you can either keep going where we are in Luke, um, or you can, um, just pick something. And as we got down to the scripture where he was in Luke, um, I read that and I said, you know, that is absolutely where we need to stay. Because we can go back and we can cover the Christmas story. I mean, it's important when we, to understand what the true meaning of Christmas is. That's absolutely important. We could do that, but as I got into this scripture and I started reading this, I said, you know, this is exactly the message that, um, that we need to hear, uh, especially in the day and time that we're in. Um, so we're going to go to Luke chapter 12. We're going to pick up right where um, Kevin left off last week. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. So I'm going to read that first, and then we'll see um, what, what we can um, reveal from this portion of Scripture. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your life is required of you, and the things you've prepared, whose will they be? So the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Let's pray. Father, God, we love you. We thank you for for your word, uh, God, we just pray that you would um, uh, open it, uh, open it to the insights of what you would have us to learn and, and understand uh, from this portion of scripture today. God, I pray that you would um, uh, touch our ears, Lord, bless them so that we'll be able to hear, God, what you would have us to, to, to hear, Lord, but our minds would, would be quickened to understand your word this morning and our hearts prepared to receive what you would give us. In your name we pray. Amen. So as you, I'm sure your mind went immediately to where mine did as I started reading that um, and, and thinking in light of Christmas um, and, and our world today. Um, we live in a culture of abundance, don't we? I mean, especially in the United States, we have um, above and beyond. Our means of living, the things that we have today would, be, would have been considered kingly um, to, to the people that he's talking to here. I mean, just 
the electricity that we have and, and the, the modern um, environments, the, the, the TV screens, the musical instruments, and, and the clothes that we're wearing, and the places we go, the things that we enjoy, what we call entertainment. These are things that um, in the history of time, it's just amazing where we are. And if, but if we're not careful... Um, we'll fall into the exact same trap that this rich, um, this, this rich landowner absolutely fell into. I, I thought it was, it was interesting as I started reading this. Um, so this is right on the heels of Jesus, um, as Kevin has, has, has shared, you know, he's coming into an area, there's many thousands of people started gathering um, to hear what he had to teach, what he had to say. No doubt they had already heard about the miracles. They, they may have even seen the miracles. They've seen what God has done through him. And here he is um, with many thousands, and he's, he's called the disciples together, and he said, hey, beware of those who can kill your body. Um, you know, um, don't worry about those. Worry more about the one who can um, kill your soul. Be more worried about the one who has true authority over you. And he, and he tells them, you know, you know if, if God cares about the sparrows that you can buy five for two pennies, um, how much more does he care about you? And just right on the heels of that, some guy in the crowd says, teacher, can you um, have my brother split the inheritance with me? And, and Jesus, I, I love the, what's recorded here in his reaction. It's like, man, he didn't say it like that. You know, dude, <laughs> dude, who made me the judge and arbitrator over your life? What makes you think you can come to me and I command what gets done in this situation? Listen, dude, there are places and people to take care of that. Why are you, why are you asking me? You know, it reminds me like this, this week, Jude um, will come, he'll come to you and he'll say, um, can I have a snack? So this morning, I'm sitting at the, di- at, the, at the dining room table and he walks over and he says, can I have a co- snack? <laughs> and as soon as he saw that that might have been a possibility, you know, when he said snack, he says, a cookie is a snack. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Dude, who made me the, the parent over your life? You know, it's not my, you know, and I, I've said this all week long. You need to go ask your mom and dad. If it's okay with them, can I have apple juice? If it's okay with them, can I have chocolate milk? It's okay with them. Can I have a cookie? Can I have a snack? And, and Caden all the time, can, can I play Fortnite? Hey, can I? Can I? And, and, and I'm like, it's always, you need to go ask your parents. There's a system in place. <laughs> And, um, and I'm not the guy. You know, why are you asking me? <laughs> Gigi's the guy, right? <laughs> uh, why, why are you asking me? And, and so Jesus, you know, he, he could have, um, out of the respect and the people are learning that he has, you know, he has authority and that he could speak on this subject going all the way back to Deuteronomy. There, there's laws in place that the firstborn gets, gets uh, double the inheritance and then what's left is then divided up amongst them. There's laws associated with this and so he comes and says, hey, can you tell my brother, can you please educate him so that I can get what's coming to me? And, uh, but Jesus, he has a way of getting to the heart of the matter. Like, like getting straight to, not just getting to the point, 
but getting to the heart of the matter. Because he, he looks at the guy and he says, man, who made me the judge and arbitrator of your life? Who, who put me in charge? And then he turns to the crowd and he says, take care and be on guard. Now this is very important words. I think these are, these are, are warnings and reminders for all of us to be careful take care be careful and guard your heart i used to tell i used to tell the kids that a lot especially the girls guard your heart actually i told them not to shop at walmart for a boyfriend (laughs) that's what i told them um you know set your set your a little higher a little bit higher and um but you got to guard your heart, and and I would tell the I would tell the boys all the time. Um, it's um, anything worth having is worth working for, and if it's not worth working for, it's not worth having. These you know just they're little little values in life of understanding. Jesus is saying, be careful, take care, and. And guard against all covetousness. In other words, don't be looking at what everybody else has around you and saying, man, if only. Hey, I'm guilty. That new Corvette is sweet. You know, it is. It is nice. But you know what? It's a car. It's got four wheels. You still have to put gas in it. Okay, so my son says, yeah, but the Tesla, you don't. You just plug that thing in, you know. And, and, but it's, it's being careful that, that wanting what somebody else has, so that if that begins to become a driving force in decisions that you make. What does success look like? In the United States today, and it's just in the world in general, Success seems to be measured by the value of your bank account. You know, the, the, the size of your 401k, how much cryptocurrency do you currently have, right? The, the, the value of, of the things that you have. And so covetousness and greed begins to take root and plant. And, and Jesus says here, um, guard yourself. So that you don't become that. It's exciting to see the kids open their gifts on Christmas. It's always fun to watch their eyes light up for the toy that they love. Um, but do you ever get the one where they're like, eh, okay, move on, pants, <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, I didn't want this. This isn't what I wanted. And you, and you start seeing glimpses of that um, materialism that starts to float into our lives so he says guard yourself and then he says this for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions there's a lot of wisdom there's a lot of wonderful advice in just that statement because you are not as an individual as a person as a christian you are not what you have you are not your style 
You are not what social media says you are. As a matter of fact, you don't know on social media if that's who they are. That's not who they are. I was playing with filters last night. (laughs) Have you ever gone on Snapchat and played with the filters? It is a time trap. And it is hilarious. I mean, after, oh, my phone's over there. After church, I'll show you some pictures. Great. They're great. But filters can make you appear as if something that you're not actually. There's a whole show on MTV called Catfish. Because there's people who go out and catfish. I'm, I'm teaching the, um, the, the Gen X and and uh, boomers about catfishing, okay? It's not going out to the lake and, you know, no, no, no. Catfishing is where they present themselves to be one thing, and they're actually something totally different. Um, they're not at all what they, and, and I don't know why they do it, if it's, it's just for attention, or if it's a prank, or if it's a joke, but there's people that go deep in becoming an undercover catfish, and there's a show that they actually, people fall in love with people they've never seen before. Seriously, this happens. They, they fall in love. They've never seen them. They've never, they've never talked to them. Sometimes never even talked to them on the phone. They've never, anything. And they get so deeply involved in the relationship. And then that never happens, and then they go to this show, and the show says, hey, we'll find out who that is. And they get there, and it's some, um, you know, 45-year-old guy in the basement of his mom's house, you know, <laughs> long hair and smelly teeth and <laughs> Veronica, you know. And, uh, but that's, it's, it's crazy. You know, what it says to me is that people are starved for love and attention. They want connection. They want relationship. See, the values of the world, the the world values fame, but God values relationship. And so the thing that people are are really craving, this, this, this fame and this attention through whatever means it is, social media is where it kind of is, is germinating today, but but in the root of it. Is craving relationship and craving um, a true connection with people. God is about relationships. Now, see, um, when the man said, "Hey, teacher, um, my brother needs to give me my inheritance," see, the root, I believe, um, it, Jesus could have said, "Well, this is what the law says, and this says this, and he should do that." But even if he had um, said, "You should give." the portion and here's how it should all work it would not have fixed the relationship they would have still been just as broken if not even more because this is what happens when people come with their own agenda how many times you see people they they even going to god and coming to church with i've got an agenda these are the things that i need to accomplish i need somebody to do this for me and in this case, he went to Jesus. I need you to do this for me. It, it wasn't about, um, it truly about a relationship with his brother or a relationship. It was about the money. It was about coveting. And this is where I'm saying Jesus has a way of really cutting to the heart of things. 
cutting to the real matter of things. In this situation, he said, watch your heart, guard yourself, don't be greedy, because your life is not summed up in what you have. Christmas time, kids, adults, we know this, but we need to be reminded so that we can guard ourselves that it's not about what you have. I um, got an email. So one of our, our leaders at work, every Monday, he sends out uh, a, an email with an update on things that are going on, kind of the product, productivity numbers and that kind of stuff. And then he'll, he'll put in um, just something some advice or something personal. He always ends with be kind to one another. Um, but somewhere in there, he'll share something from. And so last week, he, he shared that they were at a family gathering. They were having um, that, you know, that gift exchange, what they call it, the white elephant, right? Where here's the gift, you get it. And it's like, if you know, here it is. And then people have a chance to either open another gift or take yours, right? Stealing gifts. And everybody's taking gifts and poking fun at each other and all this. And he said, the, the five-year-old granddaughter says, um, remember, it's not in the gift you get, but the gift you give. So it's awesome that that child heard that and remember that. Where they heard it, don't know. But that was a reminder of it's not in the gift you get, but the gift you give. And that's really goes along with this, this morning. So Jesus, he says, as he so often did, said, I've got a, I've got a parable. I've, I've got a story. I'm going to, I want to tell you a story and hopefully you can get the value of what I'm trying to tell you. I've done said, guard your heart. Don't be greedy. Um, you know, it's, your life's not about the stuff. And this is what he says. The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, self, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. Now this is a, Legit problem, right? We'd all agree that it's probably a problem that we would like to have, right? I have, I, I've worked, I've toiled. I have, I've done the, I've put in the time. I've made the investments and I've worked hard from sunup to sundown and sometimes beyond. And I'm being blessed. Things are growing. And now I've got an issue. I don't know where I'm going to put all of it. I have so much. See, this is where the danger starts coming in. The word, I. I have so much. I've done so much. What shall I do? <laughs> and he says, I will do this. I will tear down my barns. And build larger ones. Doesn't that sound like a logical solution to the problem? I mean, honestly. If you've got, I need to build a bigger garage. No, for real, I do. It needs to be cleaned out. It's mostly junk in there. 
right? <laughs> Just stuff. Um, boxes. A lot of cardboard boxes. Amazon. Stuff. Hoarding. We're not hoarders, I don't think. We're not hoarders, but it's stuff. Some of that stuff was probably Christmas presents a few years ago. Right? Birthday presents, Christmas presents, I don't know. We need to go in there. I know for a fact some of it was. Birthday presents, Christmas presents, presents because it was Tuesday. You know, I don't know. But, but we have a bunch of stuff in there. And I need either to clean it out or I need to build a bigger garage. I.e. a shed in the back. This sounds like it's a legit um, uh, solution to the problem that he has. And he says, I'll build larger ones, and there I'll store my grain and my goods. Hmm, there's where he goes sideways. Well, he started with I, I, I. Then he says, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. It's time to relax, eat, and be merry. Now, today we call that retirement, right? I've, I've put in the time, I've put in the work, I have collected, I've, I, I'm, I'm ready for the good life. I'm, I'm ready for the easy life. And so everything that he says here, is, it's, I mean, it's right on track with kind of how we think, isn't it? I mean... We, if, so a year ago, two years ago, I think it was, I put a little bit in the, the stock market, you know, got an app. Let me, let me just stress this a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. And, and I saw it grow because it was just the right time. And you know what I, um, I sold my Dogecoin. I did. I sold it before it went even higher than it should have than it could have gone. I sold out because I saw my fifty dollars turn into what three three hundred fifty or four hundred dollars. I'm like, that's a win. Ching, ching, you know. And then twenty years later, I'll look at it and say, man, that's worth three million dollars. I could have just left it in my storehouse, where it would have done no good for anybody. So this is the, the situation this guy is in. I mean, it, not the stock market, but it was more than light. We don't know a whole lot about him. We really don't. But we do know that, that he was successful. He, you don't get all of that by being lazy. You, don't, you, you cannot farm land by laying in the bed till, till noon, 1 o'clock every day, right? You can't. Um, you, you, you can't um, amass what this rich man had amassed um, by not putting the time and the effort and, and the, uh, the finances in it. He couldn't. The issue wasn't in him being rich. It wasn't in the possessions. There's plenty of examples in Scripture where, where there are rich people. That there are people who have been blessed and are wealthy. The kings that God appointed. There's, there's many. But it's super hard 
Once you get to a certain level, I believe this is where the scripture comes in. That it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. It's not that it's impossible. It's not actually talking about a little needle. It's literally talking about an opening that was in the wall of Jerusalem. They called it the eye of the needle. And you could get through there. But the thing was, the camel had to be totally unburdened and get on its knees and go through. And now if that's not an image of what God expects us to do, to unburden ourselves and get on our knees in order to make it through, that's what he's talking about. You can't do it with the greed and the covetousness that comes with this, with this society, with, with the sin that, that, that creeps into our lives, and then it turns into, look at me, I, I, I. And so the rich man said, I'll, I'll relax, I'll drink, I'll be merry. But then what did God say? God called him a fool. Because tonight, your soul is going to be required of you. You're making all these plans. But what you don't know is you've reached the end of your road, man. Listen, y'all, I've been there. I can tell you, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'll, I'll do, I, and, you know, if something happens, then I'll ask for forgiveness at the very end. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You better not plan on that being your escape route. Because I was trying to watch a football game. Um, my antenna wasn't working. I went to the attic twice. I, I went up there the first time. I hooked, I tried to hook something up. I, what, our TV either goes on one wall or the other wall. And the cable that goes to that, uh, to that outlet has to be switched in the attic, depending upon which wall it's at. So to get the cable to this wall, I got to switch it over. We moved it to this other wall, and the antenna wasn't working. So evidently, uh, it must have been the cable, right? All right, well, I had switched it a few days earlier. Nothing. So I'm like, okay, it must be... The amplifier, the little signal booster you get from your antenna must have, maybe, elect, maybe lightning or something, maybe it's fried. So I went to Walmart and I bought a new amplifier and um, that's what I was doing that Sunday afternoon. I went up and um, I hooked up the amplifier and I went down and I turned the TV on, no signal. Ah, so it must need to be switched over. I know, I know, you need to mark it, and you know, I know, I didn't. I started heading back out to switch that cable, and that's the last thing I remember. I woke up in the hospital with vent tubes, arms tied down, and I'm like, what happened? like that everyday life just doing what you do you don't think about that in everyday life you don't think about how you could just be doing what you, I, I used to tell the kids they're driving new drivers listen be safe i'm being safe i'm i, I know dad 
but it's called an accident for a reason, guys. You don't mean for it to happen, I know. You got to watch out for the other guy. You can do everything right, and still, everything goes wrong. Watch out. This scripture, God said, watch out. Take care. Guard your heart. You can be doing everything right. You can be blessed. The rich, your rich man looked like he was doing everything right. And he was building and building and building. And look at what I have amassed. Look at what I have. Look at my family. I'm a blessed man. But... God. Where's God in this equation? Where is your creator in this equation? Because, my friend, it's not all about you. (laughs) It's not all about you. It's not all about them. Christmas, Christmas is a wonderful time, wonderful season. But I, if we're all honest, we all struggle with the covetousness of Christmas and, and the pressure, right? The pressure of, of we were talking before service, um, you know, you start counting how many presents this one has and how many presents that one has. And well, I know that this is a big box and what was it, Andy? This one cost $5, but this one was 80 bucks, but they don't look at the value. They look at the size. And that's what we do in our relationship and in evaluating our life and evaluating each other and ourselves. We look at ourselves and say, look at what I have. But God says it's not about what you have. It's what you do with what you have. The man was focused on himself. Listen, greed and, and, and coveting has been the dividing factor of so many relationships. You know how many families have been split and divided when that one person dies and now they're left fighting over who gets what? Time after time after time after time. <laughs> Remember I said, you know, the world values fame, they value wealth, they value power. Just look at the TV and you can find the pursuit for fame, the pursuit for wealth, the pursuit for power, and those things we equate to success. Oh, look at how popular, look how much money they have, look at the size of that house, look at all the cars that they've got, look at the... Places they go, the things that they do, the folks they hang out with, the food that they eat. Look at all of it. Look at that. Man, that, wouldn't that be great? Man, if I had it, if, I'd, like to, I'd like to have that problem. Yeah. God values what? Relationship. He values generosity. And he values contentment. I'm sure, and I've heard this quoted wrong countless times. You've heard that money's the root of all evil, right? 
You ever heard that? Money's the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Scripture says. And people are trying to quote Bible when they say money's the root of all evil. It's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the, the love of it. Covetousness. Greed. That is the root. God likes to get to the root of things. Listen, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. You want to learn how to, um, who, how to uh, grow your investments? Learn how to be content with what you have. And then the smallest growth makes you happy. Like me. I was like, oh, I'm cashing out right now. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. It wasn't $3 million, but it was pretty good. And I was happy with it. Um, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that we have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. The craving for more. It's like, it's like a, an addicting drug. You know, I mean, the, the more you get, the more you want. The size of your paycheck, the, the bigger your paycheck is, you want a bigger paycheck. It doesn't matter. You look back at how much you were making 20 years ago, you're making more today than you were 20 years ago, and you still want the raise. I need the raise. Why? Because we spend what we got. And... Even though you spend what you got, you still want more. Have a car, but I'd like to have that car. Have a house, but look at that house. Nice, nice shoes. I want some hay dudes. I do. I want some hay dudes. I heard they're comfortable. They're, they're good? I want hay dudes. Do I need hay dudes? Nope. Sketchers, just fine. But, but you, it's, it's just natural for whatever. It's natural. But it doesn't mean it's right. Everything that happens naturally doesn't, doesn't mean that it's okay and that it's right. Contentment. Um, craving those things. The bigger the house, the bigger you want. The faster the car, the faster you want. The nicer, whatever. It's, it, when is it enough? Can you explain that to me? When's it enough? You know what? Like I said, it's not about being rich. You can have stuff, but the stuff shouldn't have you. When the stuff is more important than the people, than the relationships, than generosity, it's more important than God. That's 
the message. The question is, how are you using what God's blessed you with to bless others? An attitude of gratitude, I've heard it said. How are you using what you have to bless God? Well, how do you bless God? This scripture says, um, it, it says, um, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So, you know, as we, as we build bigger barns, metaphorically, you know, we have a bigger um, bank account, we, we have more and more stuff, we, our aspirations are, are the, the things. And, and so he, he, he gives this example that it, when you do that, you're like this rich man who forgot why he has all this stuff. And it became about him and not using and sharing what he has. The story would have been much different if the rich man had said, I, I've got more than I can use. I wonder who else could use some of this. We don't, we don't see that a whole lot. And so, you know, I'm reminded of, oh yeah, but you know, this person has this foundation, um, and they do good things. You know, they, there's, um, you know, you go to watch, watch the game today. And it doesn't matter what game. Hopefully the Buccaneers. But um, watch the game today. And what you'll see along the wall is the players' names. And it'll be like, you know, uh, I remember back in the day, I don't remember what they are currently, but Derek Brooks, his was the Brooks Bunch. And so they will, they will sponsor different groups. Um, there's, there's a group of kids that go to every game. They all have yellow shirts on. They sit in the end zone, and they're there as part of a foundation. Um, the Glazers have a foundation. Um, uh, Microsoft, what's his name? Bill Gates, he has foundations. Trump has foundations. All these rich people have all these different foundations and scholarships and things that they do. Um, and, and that's good. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not good. Um, but the Bible says that when you give, that don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Um, in other words, um, do it out of love and generosity and don't do it to be seen or to be recognized. So I would say that putting a sign that's 30 feet wide and 6.3 feet tall that has your name and what you're doing, that's probably you have now been rewarded for the efforts that you did because you're telling everybody all the good that you're doing. Um, that a lot of those foundations and billionaires, it's about, um, it's about the tax write-off. How much can I write off on my taxes uh, so that I'm not taxed as much over here for the money I am keeping so I have more money to keep? You, you, you follow me? It, that, that's not what he's talking about here. Yes, you should give, but you should give generously. And I'm not saying that they don't. I'm not... Man, who made me their judge and arbitrator, right? That's not, that's not my role. I'm just saying, I'm reminding us here in this room that um, you need to guard your heart. That you're not, it's not about the stuff. Whew, all right. <laughs> I, I like this. Um, he who dies with the most stuff still dies. Yep. Yeah. He who dies with the most stuff still dies. 
Um, I did see an article recently where this dude was buried with his car. He loved that car. I've, I've heard of examples of people being buried with their motorcycle. They love the motorcycle. They love all these different things. So if I can't have it, you can't have it either. It's being buried with me. Can't take it with you. Watch me. Well, it's still right there in the ground. You didn't take it with you, did you? Not riding a Harley down the streets of gold. I mean, you know, not that Harley anyways. I don't know. Um, but but you, you can't take it with you. Who dies with most stuff still dies. How are you using what you've been blessed with to bless others? Matthew 25, 35, and 40 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we, were you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? When did these things happen? king will answer them truly i say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers you did it to me how can i be rich towards god how can i not how can i not treasure store up treasures for myself how can i be generous to god and rich towards god and to others around me how just use your stuff for his glory and help people without motive without i'm going to i'm going to give you this so that you will because of it. no no because no so that just help somebody years ago i was having a bad bad day i had just dropped um kids off at daycare and I was rushing back so I could get home, get to work. And I'm out on 27, just outside of Dundee. And I hear, boom, 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 boom. What is that? Flat tire. Pull over the side of the road. I'm in sugar sand, right? 27, sugar sand. I don't have a tire in my car. There's a tire at the house. The only jack I've got is that one that they give you with the car and you know that's the one where you had to put together with legos and you know <laughs> and do all that i'm like what am i going to do i'm going to be late like, somebody pulls over man my, my tires just bad day it's like i got you pulls out one of those big industrial jacks you know the nascar ones like <clears throat> up I'm like, uh, dude, I don't, I don't have a tire. He said, I got you. He goes and gets a spare tire off his car, puts it on. So I've got one at the house. He said, I'll follow you there. Followed me to the house, jacked it back up, took his tire off, put mine on. Have a good day. I don't know that dude's name. But what he was, was a an angel to me that day because it was a bad day not because of a flat tire that just made it worse but he was something um it doesn't cost money to be generous somebody says oh i don't i don't have a lot i don't have a lot to give yeah but you can give what you have um what about um 
you know, disciples were going up to the temple, and the guy says, hey, you know, can you give us begging? And then he says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. Rise up and walk. I, I, I don't have money. I can't help in that way. But what I do have, I can do this. What can you do? Um, finally, Philippians verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 11, 13. It says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul saying, you know what? I've been rich and I've been poor. I've been hungry and I've been full. I, I have faced hardship and I've faced joy. And what I've learned, whatever it is, learn how to be content. Content with what I got. Content with what I give. Content with what God has for me. Maybe I don't have all that God would want me to have. It's because my motivation for having the things that I want is not to help others or to glorify him it's just the want for a corvette (laughs) right how's that bring him glory how's that help my neighbor how's it help my family let's pray father we love you god we thank you for for your word god and and, um, kind of a a different Christmas message, um, but this is, I think, what we need to be reminded of, um, especially in this time of year, that I am not defined by what I have. I'm defined by who I have, and um, I'm not defined by what I get. I'm defined by what I give. God, I just pray that you would... um, Help these words to resonate and take root in our hearts. Remind us in those times, Lord, to seek you first. God, you said if we would seek you first and all your commandments, that all these other things would be added to us. It's not about the stuff. It's about what we do with it. Lord, we love you. We thank you.